What's up, everybody? This is the J-Love Podcast with your boy, J-Love. Uh, so, this weekend, we had two major upsets. Uh, we, we had Minnesota go into New Orleans and be arguably one of the best teams in the NFC this year. And we had the Tennessee Titans go to New England and win a defensive battle, uh, especially at the line of scrimmage. We had the Seattle Seahawks beat basically a team that was on empty in the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I've never seen I've never seen a team get this bad with injuries. You, it's okay. I I can I can see when teams lose maybe two three guys tops, but you're talking about offensive linemen, tight end, running back, linebacker, corner, safety, wide receiver, even your court. I mean, they they've lost guys at positions. That teams wish that they would have the depth for. I mean, you're talking about potentially the Eagles had three starting offensive linemen go down with significant injuries this season. I just, I've never seen that bad of a uh, training staff. I've never seen that bad of a, just a, just not physically prepared for a season. To have this many injuries, it looks bad. It looks bad on the organization. Uh, I just watched. I just watched that game last night. And I just felt bad for Wentz. Wentz literally ha- put the team on his back the entire season, and you finally get to the playoff, and this happens. You know, it's it's just one of those things where you don't know. You don't know about Wentz. He he could very well become the next Andrew Luck. You know, the fact that you're putting so much pressure on yourself to be great. Your your front office isn't really helping. I mean, they're helping, but the help that they brought in is not enough. I you they when they had all their weapons You can make an argument Philadelphia was one of the best teams in the NFL. When everyone is healthy, they are one of the premier teams in the league. But injuries, I've just never seen this bad. This this is, it's a lot. And, you know, look, going into next year, you can put your, you can, you know, you can rest your hat knowing that at the end of the day, this team is a playoff team. With just wins alone. This is a playoff team, and that's something I think Philadelphia can look at as a as a silver lining. But I just felt bad for Wentz. Uh, this off season, you really need to get him some help uh, at the wide receiver position. Doesn't have to be rookie. I mean, it doesn't have to be first round. It just has to be some more pieces that you can add to this team. Because I, I'm just looking at this team right now, and I, I, they're just missing one or two things. Uh, and then, of course, in you know the other AFC game, 
Houston coming from behind down 16 and nothing to defeat a, a overachieving Bills team. Uh, I I never really bought into the Bills. A lot of you, you know, you know, would give me give me crap for not putting them in my top tens every week, and I, I just never was really a fan. I thought that they were kind of a poor man's version of the Ravens. They kind of play with that blue-collar Bills type of, you know, football. But at the end of the day, you have to do something offensively. And as good as Devin Singletary is, as good as Josh Allen is, I just think that they overachieved a lot this season. They played a relatively easy schedule, and especially playing in the AFC East. I just thought things were kind of easy for them this season. Uh, next year, you're going to have a little bit more expectations, depending on what happens with New England. Buffalo's going to be probably favored to win the division next year. I know it sounds crazy, but that's you're talking about a team that could potentially win maybe 10 wins next season, 11 wins. The blueprint is there. You know, run the football play action pass, quarterback that doesn't throw a lot of turnovers. You could win in this league with that, but you better be special somewhere. And I outside of D tackle, which they're whole they they potentially have two Hall of Fame defensive tackles on this roster. And they both play that, you know, that three technique defensive tackles. It's hard to play both of them at the same time. But uh, Phillips and Ed Oliver, those guys are going to go down as a beast. Some of the best D tackles that we've seen in football. Uh, uh, but I, I just think for right now they're not uh, they're not where they should be in terms of the total dominance. Every the blueprints there, you know the skeleton of what you're trying to build is there. You just got to add to it. Um, so I knew that they weren't going to beat Houston. The Here's the thing. And I've seen, I've heard all weekend, I've heard a lot of mixed, you know, comments on Deshaun Watson. He won the game. Okay. With, I, you know, I would listen to people, you know, on, on the radio or, you know, whatever that they, they, they would always talk about Bill O'Brien and they would say, he's a horrible coach. And from personally, I thought he was, he's a great coach. He basically recovered everything that happened with Penn state, you know, the Jared St. Dusky situation. And he basically was able with very little scholarships, he was able to turn that around. And uh, he was hired by Houston to basically do the same thing. And it wasn't until he got Watson that he started winning games. The problem with Bill O'Brien is his offense is very old school style football. It's very, you know, run heavy, but no, not zone run. It's very power running. Uh, and Deshaun Watson, as good as Deshaun Watson is and who, and what I think he is, 
he doesn't fit the power running system because his style of play is very athletic. And when you're putting Deshaun Watson in a box, it's hard for Deshaun Watson to be great because you're not giving him the great card, the great playbook. Um, it, it, it Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Colin Kaepernick, his first couple of years, uh, you know, uh, Russell Wilson, even the good year that we got from Vince Young and RG3, uh, it's you have to put your quarterback in a right situation. You have to give him the key. You have to give him a system that he's comfortable with. And I think that the struggle with Deshaun Watson sometimes and why they get so inept is because they rely so heavily on Deshaun Watson to run around and find Will Fuller or D-Hop wide open. He's responsible for all of their offense. And you, you just... His body was broken down last season. You finally got him some help on the O-line. I I think that that was huge for this team. But you've got to do more than that. Houston, you need to go and get a offensive a a. Now you won last week because you and the Bills are worse offensively. But. If you're going to win a championship with Deshaun Watson, you have to get him a head coach that believes in the way that Watson is going to be is going to have to play. RPO heavy uh, zone reads, uh, you know, just a, a lot of collegey stuff that Clemson runs, and that that's to me Deshaun Watson is today's football. If you put Deshaun Watson in the Kansas City offense, he would light it up as well. The the older, the veteran coaches in in all sports, because it's not just basketball, it's also football. I mean, it's not just football, it's also in basketball. We've seen veteran coaches who have had success changing the way they do things on a year-to-year basis. Going back to Bill Belichick when he brought in the double tight system, the NFL had no idea how to defend that. Very similar to Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson basically has two... I'm not going to say pro, two pro bowler-level tight ends because they only got one in Mark Andrews, but they have two really good ones. And I think that that system, that style of play, that double tights, really good double tights, it works. And it slows the game down and it makes it where you have to use all your players on the field. And I think some teams just don't, didn't, they don't have that. And I think that if you're a team like the Texans, who clearly have their answer at at quarterback, if you want to elevate his game, Put him in a situation that he's comfortable with, and and 
I listen, I understand he likes to play the superhero role. He likes, you know, be great, all that stuff. But eventually, if you don't ask, you're going to be Andrew Luck. You're going to be the too nice guy instead of being, sometimes you got to be a little Aaron Rodgers. Sometimes you have to be a little Tom Brady. Put your foot down and say, hey, I need help. Hey, go get me this. And, you know, I'm sure Watson said that when they came to going to get, uh, you know, some offensive, to go get Laramie Tunzel and go get, you know, some of these these star players that they, you know, that they traded for. Um, But I just think Houston, this team is basically a run-heavy team a run-heavy, defensive-minded team with a quarterback that can make all the magic happen. And I and I feel like that's not really fair to Deshaun Watson because you have to carry, basically, a incompetent coach. Uh, so I, I think Houston definitely needs to consider that if they get whooped on this week. Uh... So it's it's gonna be very it's gonna be very interesting to see how all this unfolds. Uh, uh, so we're in the uh, we're in the conference semifinals. You know we're in the uh, we're only left with eight games left, and uh, it's gonna be. Excuse me, four games left. Uh, it's, and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what these teams do. Uh, Tennessee against Baltimore. I think Tennessee gets stomped out. I don't think Baltimore can score. I mean, I don't think Tennessee can score enough points. So I think Baltimore takes that one. If Houston has Will Fuller... I'll take I'm gonna take Houston on the road to beat Kansas City. If they don't have Fuller, they're not beating Kansas City because they don't run the ball very well. And I think that you could scheme for D Hop a little bit better than when you scheme for all three of them. Uh, so if Fuller plays, I'm gonna take Texans. If not, uh, so I think Kansas City wins that. Uh, so uh, and then. For the NFC side, you have the Seahawks going to Lambeau Field to play Green Bay. Uh, I think this is a statement game for the Packers. We've already seen two upsets. You don't want to be the next one. And there's there's a lot of parity in these playoffs. I could I would not be surprised if Tennessee beats Baltimore. Would not be surprised. If the Seattle Seahawks beat the Green Bay Packers, wouldn't be surprised. I, I just, I just think there's a lot of parity. I think there's a lot of plays that can go a certain way. I mean, even yesterday, who's to say if they called that push off, the Vikings have to hold for three, and the Saints go down the field and, and score a touchdown? We don't know. You know, the a lot of these games are one score basis. And I think when you cut 
the league down to its top six or seven teams. This is what you're going to get. You're going to get a lot of dogfights. You're going to get a lot of quote-unquote upsets that realistically, if you look at a team like Minnesota and Seattle, could have easily won their divisions. Those were those are teams that were good enough, good enough to win divisions, and they were wildcard teams. So I don't really look at these as upsets. Uh, seeds, Seeding-wise, yes, they're upsets. But uh, I would not be surprised if some of these road teams went in, in and won these games. You got to bring it. This is the playoffs. If you don't bring it, you are not winning a championship. Seattle, I mean, uh, and uh, the Saints felt that yesterday. If you don't bring it, you're not going to win a championship, even when you're at home. Uh, so I just I just look at, you know, I look at Seattle, and I think they could go in there and beat Green Bay. I'm going to go ahead and take Green Bay at home. I just think uh, the Aaron brothers could do enough to get this game. But it's going to be very interesting to see Uh, where it's going to be interesting to see how Aaron Rodgers looks. Uh, if they're not, if they don't look right, Seattle can take that game. And of course, 49ers versus the Vikings. Listen, we're all going to make jokes. We're all going to, you know, make fun of Kirk Cousins. Uh, I honestly thought they, he did play a relatively good game. But I'm not going to give him, you know, a Super Bowl because he played one good game. He's paid like as one of the highest paid quarterbacks in all of football. You have to make those throws. Those, those were money throws. Those, were, those throws are what got you that contract. Now go do it. And uh, so I think Minnesota is going to play with a chip on their shoulder. I think that at the line of scrimmage, they're great on the defensive line. I, I'm not really sure about their offensive line. And I think with D Ford coming back, you got Bosa, Armstead, D Forrest Buckner. Uh, and then you got Kawan Alexander coming back, who, if he's right, if he, if, if you're, even if you're getting 70% Kawan Alexander, that's good enough against the Miami, uh, Minnesota, because all you would be asked to do is cover either Cook or cover Rudolph. And I think that that's fairly easy for him to do. So I'll take the 49ers. Uh, I would not be shocked if all four of these games are close. I'm talking field goal. I'm talking all of these team, all these games go to OT. I would not be surprised. It, to me, it's... It's very, it's very interesting. Like I, I said this earlier at the beginning of the season, I thought that there was a lot of parity, but to potentially see, we could have potent easily if the game went a different way, we could have easily saw a Tennessee, a a Buffalo versus Tennessee NFC champ or AFC championship game. How wild would that have been? Buffalo versus Tennessee in the AFC Championship game. That's just mind-boggling. I, I just I feel like the league 
was there for a lot of teams to take. I think if AB did not do all the dumb shit that he was doing this offseason, he could have potentially put the Raiders in the playoffs. Because it was that, you had the running game going, you had the offensive line, your defense struggled, but it was good enough to where Derek Carr could have made that work with with AB, with Darren Waller, with uh, Hunter Winfro. You could have made that work. And it's just it's just funny how one player here, one player there was all the difference this season for a lot of teams. Look at Seattle and, t- and the Tennessee Titans. You add a rookie wide receiver to your roster, and all of a sudden you are a monster team. Uh, it's it's really un it's it's just fascinating how the draft and you know off seasons changed a lot of these franchises. So, you know, going going back to these playoffs, that it's. I'm going I'm still picking the 49ers and Ravens to make the Super Bowl. I, I just think at home you're gonna have an opportunity to really imprint your scheme and your you know impose your will on uh, on a weaker opponent and I think a lot of these teams are gonna be some weaker opponents for them. I think if Green Bay sneaks out a win at home, they're not going to Santa Clara and winning against the Niners. I got to see if 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 Green Bay is going to win against the 49ers, Green Bay is going to have to be elite from Aaron Rodgers because I just don't see it, you beating the 49ers, especially with Kawan Alexander back and D Ford back on defense. You're getting two perennial Pro Bowl player guys back at the right time. And I think that it's gold. I, I just look at I, I look at what the 49ers did this season. And I know this is, you know, off topic, but they ran this team like a Bay Area style a very millennial style franchise. To Basically say, we're going to sit our be- some of our best players for a few weeks without no hesitation, without really no worrisome uh, to get beat or to lose ground in the NFC. It's very Warriors-esque how the 49ers are right now. It's very smug. It's very... You know we're gonna go ahead and and sit Kawan Alexander out for most of this year. We're gonna he has a chance to play, but we're gonna sit him out. D Ford, we're gonna sit you a couple of weeks. Sherman, we're gonna sit you down a couple of weeks. And what's crazy is you start seeing how it's like I said, it's very similar to what the Golden State Warriors did, where they essentially said, you know what, Steph, oh Steph, you know he got hurt. We're going to go ahead and sit him out for longer than what he should be. Because the mileage that you gain in the regular season hurts you in the playoffs. So you're better off sitting some of your guys if they're ailed, if they're hurt, sit them. And draft guys that are good enough in spots to come in and produce at those positions. And it's just funny how 
the 49ers basically told the league that they were going to sit some guys. And you still got the number one seed. And now those guys are coming back in a time that is special. Where you're getting all your players back, all your defensive guys back. You're going to have arguably the best pass rush in the in the playoffs. You're going to have arguably the best quarterback in the playoffs. And I just don't see how you beat the 49ers if you're on the NFC. Because essentially, I think Minnesota's screwed. And I think that going into next week, you either play a Green Bay team that probably is going to barely beat the Seattle Seahawks, or you're going to play a Seattle team that can't run the football and relies heavily on Russell Wilson. Oh, and he has to go up against D Ford and Kawan Alexander. So it, it, I just, I just don't see a scenario where the 49ers lose uh, at this point. Now they could, but. I just don't see it. Um, I, I just... It, it's... It's 